It's Sam Swikowski here from the Fremantle Dockers, and you are listening to the Footy Mailbag Podcast with Damo and Clara. Hello and welcome to the Footy Mailbag. My name is Damo, and on this week's episode, we'll be talking about the brief pockets of information we acquired from those practice match hitouts, and also the first of the community series games that have already taken place. But it wouldn't be the Footy Mailbag without my co-host Clarky. How are you, my friend? You're damn right. It wouldn't be Damo. Two great things have happened to me this week. Uh, number one. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth came out today, and that's all I want to do for the next like eight months, but now football's getting in the way of that. But, in better news, Melbourne won their Community Series match against Carlton, which means lids off, baby! Lids absolutely off! Throw it away! We're all, we're glad rap families now. I was going to tell you to break out the champagne, but I feel like with Final Fantasy and all that, you might have done that already. Absolutely. Oh, of course. Of course, I couldn't wait to get that baby home. We have a lot to get through tonight. Uh, We're going to have more plugs than an airport gift shop, to be honest. But who better to help us than a man who is making his footy mailbag debut? His YouTube channel has just over 750 subscribers. He is a Mad Hawk supporter and is featured on other footy casts such as Supercoach with DR, Fancast and The Centre Bounce. It is Stephen of SDS Supercoach. Thanks for making time for us, mate. Thank you guys for having me on. It's uh, it's a great pleasure to be on the channel uh, and uh, on the podcast. So uh, can't wait to talk footy, of course. Uh, we're two weeks away from the Supercoach season being underway. And uh, I'll tell you what, you gave me a nice little ego boost there, Dame. I'm feeling good about myself. You put up some really good content. You've been doing it for two years now. Your, um, your, your intel is real is real solid and um, you, you usually do well in the super coach space. So we had to get you on here at some point. Usually. <laughs> yeah. Oh, go. Okay. Yeah. I, I go. All right. <laughs> no, it's, you know what? It's actually really nice when we get a new guest now because I'm like, yes, absolutely. Don't know what to expect. <laughs> this could be a wild uh, card. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I, I just, uh, yeah, I'm not exactly uh, the most, brainiac person when it comes to Supercoach, but I'd just like to think I give some good entertainment out there and uh, see how we go. I love that so much, and it shows just how much respect you have for us by assuming we are at all brainiacs on this podcast. (laughs) Maybe Damo, but definitely not me. I'm beautiful, but dumb. Whoever I talk about uh, with Supercoach, I'm just saying, gosh, I'm out of my depth here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm such a basic person. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's good to be on. I don't know if I have knowledge. I think I just have preparation. Yeah, you know, that's a kind of knowledge in its own sense. You're teaching yourself. (laughs) Quite a bit to get through today, including the introduction of a brand new segment we'll be running this season. But first up, I've seen a lot of people jumping off Harley Reid just because of his lack of impact in the practice match against Fremantle, but also because he's had some injury niggles. I, I, I don't know if cramps and strapped ankle are an injury niggle, if, uh, but he's not going to miss any time, luckily. But people are jumping off him. Do we still think that Harley Reid is a rookie we should lock in? Damo. 
I'm going to ask you two questions to qualify my answer. One, is he a rookie? Number yes. two. Number two, will he be playing? Depends on who you ask. If he's playing, you should select him. There's absolutely no reason to pass up a rookie who's at their floor of what they can produce, who has... Let's like, it's Harley freaking Reed. Like let's let's just say what's honest here. He has literally a plaque with his name on it in his position in that field. If he's fit, if he's ready to go, generational talent. You gotta pick him. I don't think you should avoid him purely because you didn't like what you saw or the scuttlebutt. Wait till he's actually injured. Wait till he's not named. I will say this: if he was drafted by any other team. I would say, don't worry about what happens in the preseason. He's going to be there. His role's not going to change. There's going to be some result somewhere because they're going to keep moving him around until they find something that works. At West Coast, I don't have that same confidence that he's going to produce in the position that they want to play him in. And it feels like they're going to persist with that behind the ball kind of position. It really looked like uh, Jaden Short, Liam Duggan those types were getting precedence over the ball and hunt and and, hunt. Okay, fine. Jaden hunt. (laughs) Um, we're getting precedence over the ball and Harley Reed was made to play a more of accountable role. So, I mean, I didn't want Harley Reed being drafted by West coast in the first place because I thought this would happen. I thought there would be a chance that West coast kind of give him a learning year before he really, you know, breaks out of his shell. So I can see the arguments for not starting him. Uh, so look with, um, yeah, I'm sort of in the middle between you two, I guess uh, maybe more on Clarkie's side a bit, but I do have my little bit of concerns here. So I believe West Coast have another game, yep, uh, against Adelaide on Saturday. So I think I'd like to see a second look with him. Um, I think I'm pretty well... Uh, happy with having him in my team. It's just more, he's not going to be, he's more your impact player. He's not your accumulator. He was not an accumulator heading into the draft. He was an impact player, like a Christian Petrarca, that sort of type of player, that Dustin Martin type of mould of player. I don't think he's exactly going to be your Sheasel. I think McKerchell will definitely be a better rookie than Harley Reid. I'd be pretty surprised if Reid was a better rookie than McKercher. So I think it's going to be more one of those things where if he can, uh, it, it also depends on the role. Like, is he going to, and also if West Coast are going to manage him, I do think that's a possibility if injuries don't get in the way. Because I do remember last year where uh, Adam Simpson wanted uh, to rest Ruben Jinby throughout the year, but they just couldn't because of injuries. So, and they just had to play him and sort of manage him into a way where they sub him out potentially and that sort of thing. So West Coast seem to have a little bit of a better run with injuries at the minute. So that does concern me a little bit more if he's going to get managed or rested or uh, subbed out early. So I think, but the role's there. Uh, they're going to feed him the ball to get some confidence at AFL level because if he's playing off half back, then they're going to certainly look to uh, feed him the ball just to give him a bit of confidence at AFL level because one of the... Hu- Half running off half back like that sort of Sheasel role is certainly a good confidence booster for a player. Like uh, we're seeing Alex Sexton doing it right now in the practice match, and I'm sure he's certainly loving it. Um, 
getting the ball uh, here and there. So, um, yeah, I'm sort of on the fence here. I'm, I'm, I'd like to see a second look of him, but it's just at the same time, it's hard for me to say that I'm going to take him out of my side. I think uh, just back, uh, it's just one bad game. We'll see how he goes against Adelaide in a couple of days' time and uh, reassess. So, look, I, I, I'd personally lock I'd personally lock him in for the time being, but there's obviously some concerns. I think if Harley Reid gets injured before the season starts, we officially rename West Coast West Curse. I think <laughs> if Harley, I think if Harley Reid gets injured before the beginning of the season, the West Australians going to take out some kind of investigative report and send and and send PIs down to West Coast. That's the most journalism the West Australians done in years, Damo. Years, <laughs> de- decades. I don't live. I don't live over there, so I'll take your word for it. Yeah. So, it's... so Stephen, you mentioned you wanted a second look at him in the community series. Um, who else did you want a second look at in the community series? Who, who didn't quite catch your eye the first time that you were really big on that you want to kind of step back up for you in in, in their community series games. Um, there's a there's a couple. I know that the role's really good, but I'd like to see better ball use from Nick Martin off that half back line. I thought he, I thought the role was there, but he certainly could have looked better. I, th- I usually I usually thought that he was good by foot, but I thought he was pretty average against the Saints. So I'd like to see a little bit more. Uh, uh, I'd like to see him go a bit better against the Cats tomorrow night. Um, I think. Who else we got? I'd like to. I'm with. Uh, I think there's a chance. No, uh, there's going to be no George Wardlaw on Sunday against the Saints. Just yeah, his, ankle, to, his ankle exploded or something, didn't it? Yeah, a little ankle injury here or there. I, I, by the way, I love George Wardlaw. I think he's oh yeah, a real yeah old school type of player. Uh, black boots, nice and hard at the ball. Uh, so I hope injuries don't ruin his career because I think that's a little concern. But I'd like to see. There's a bloke that interests me if he can get into that midfield. It's Tom Powell, 321,000 from uh, in the forward line, which is even more important. Can he squeeze into that midfield? Seems like they're starting to phase out Jai Simpkin uh, and sort of move him to more half forward. Uh, So I think that's one to monitor as well. I would love Uh, to see Tom Powell get those rotations as well because I think that would be a sign of... North not trying the same things that haven't really worked for them. Like I know Clarko was not present for off-field discretions, alleged off-field discretions last year. So we don't really have a great read of where they're at as a group, but they've got these guys like Powell and Wardlaw who are just more suited to the job alongside an LDU to create that unit. The only issue that I would have with selecting Powell would be, right, how long is he going to be there? Is it going to be long enough to be worth the squeeze to get enough of the pie? If that, um, if that, I don't know if that's a concern for you guys at all. Yeah, like that would be like, to some extent, I think there's a little bit of Tanner Bruin written all over yeah. Tom Powell. Oh, there. God. <laughs> Yeah, which scares me a fair bit. I didn't pick Tanner Bruin to start with, but I could understand the frustration. So I did, and I'm sad just thinking about it. <laughs> Mate, yeah, it was all looking so promising in, in the first half against Collingwood, and then uh, bang, Scotto said, yeah, nah, 
uh, no thanks. We'll chuck you on the bench for the rest of the game. Hang on, we need draft picks. Yeah, hang on. We need to play Cam Guthrie. <laughs> Before his quad falls off. Yeah, exactly. Um, I guess uh, second one for me as well is uh, one from uh, Damo's team. I'm going to go with Hayden Young. I'd like to see a second look as well. I didn't see too much of the West Coast Fremantle game, so I'd like to just sit down and watch a full game. Well, certainly the first half. I think you get a better read on the first half of uh, of practice games to see what they're actually looking to do uh, before uh, resting players, that sort of thing. So I'd like to see Hayden Young have a full crack in the midfield and just go, yep, yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. Um, I'll lock him in. Damo, you've assured the listeners of this podcast and the followers of Twitter that the Hayden Young midfield role is 100% locked down. We can trust that. Is that still your position a week away from round zero? Well, Justin Longmuir said it himself in an editorial on the Fremantle Club website. So you'd hope that the coach himself isn't lying. But I think with Jeremy Sharp being a late out due to illness, there were some rotations that they didn't plan to happen that had to happen in that game. So I think with the midfield going over as a unit, as a fully fit unit now, regardless of who's missing from the forward line, we will now see how that's going to work out during the season. And I think the main midfield is going to be Young, Sarong, Brayshaw, and then Fife. Okay. What what that split is and how that's set, set up is something that we, will, that we will see in this game, whether that means someone starts off the stoppage and then comes into it a little bit um, like... Uh, a little bit like how Sam Flanders is being utilized in these practice games for Gold Coast. But I think those will be the four main guys. I know Matt Johnson's going to have some minutes in there, though, coming off the wing. And we saw Andy Brayshaw and um, even the likes of Ethan Hughes spend some time going through the wings and Nathan O'Driscoll as well. So... There might be some sort of balance, but I think the midfield role is real for Hayden Young. Do you think that this means people should be seriously considering about picking Brayshaw Sarong without knowing there might be any flow and impact? I trust Caleb Sarong more than Andy Brayshaw this season, but I think okay. both, are, both are good selections. Yeah, all right. Cool. I just had to ask the question. You brought it up. No, that's all right. Um, staying in WA, I want a second look at Fife. I yeah, you good, do, baby. He's back. Good, good stats in the practice match, but only played a half. And I wasn't. Re- and that and Frio were protecting him with their game plan. He was. He wasn't really going through any contests. He was being fed a little bit. Um. So we should see how much he does in one of these community series games. Whether he goes a little bit harder, or if that's the plan to keep him fit and. 280k even if he is being fed the ball and averages 85 90 that's still pretty good for his for his price and people are kidding themselves if they think they're getting a keeper at 283k but if that's what happens that's a nice surprise yeah and i think as i think as i saw a recent interview with nat fife i believe and he was just um one thing that caught my eye was um he was just talking about uh how 
with just how good of a preseason he's had. There's been no mishaps, no nothing. He can now start focusing on his football rather than his own body. So I do think that give. Uh, I mean, obviously, maybe you think, oh, you sort of want him to worry about his body as well. But um, I think uh, there'll be some other things that he does that uh, he just didn't have confidence in before that he could do. And uh, whether that risks injury, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, I think I'd like, yeah, uh, back to the Hayden Young thing. I'd uh, Just in general, like I'd like to just see that free man midfield. Because personally, if uh, Brayshaw and Sarong are getting the same CBAs, I'd personally prefer, prefer Brayshaw. But uh, I just, maybe they played him a bit more wing last week because Sharp's out. But I just like the avenues that, and I think Bray. I really like to watch Bray. I really like watching Brayshaw as a player. So, um, yeah, I've, I was on Brayshaw for most of uh, the Supercoach preseason, but uh, I've switched to Sarong just due to some, I guess, little concerns about uh, how much CBAs he's actually going to get. No notes from me, Clarky. Who do you want a second look at? I am currently with one eye getting a second look at this player who's been on the top of my list, Kitty Coleman. Kitty Coleman. Now, we are recording this during the yeah, Sydney-Brisbane the... Community Series game. As well, just... Yeah, as well as the Gold So Coast our listeners GWS. are aware. Yeah. So there's two games currently happening as the time of recording, GWS and Gold Coast, Sydney-Brisbane. Currently, it is quarter two has just started for... Sydney and Brisbane and Coleman already has 10 disposals in the first quarter. So that's good. There's a Daniel Rich size hole in that back line and they do need someone to really become a bit of the general and the person that can angle the ball out in transition. And Coleman, I think, has a lot of the elements that Brisbane need to successfully transition from a, you know, rest in peace, Daniel Rich, the king of king of super coach um just a king in king of football let's call i call it what it is king of football i love that man so i'm really really keeping an eye on that situation because he is 398k he's a defender and that's just good business if either of you have any thoughts to add he's yeah. been on my he's been on my watch list i um not sure how I'm going to fit him in if I do decide that I want him, but um, he's on my watch lists and I'm sure I'll find a way to to slide him in if I do eventually decide that I want him. Yeah, he's priced at an average of, was it his average 71.4? I think if he does get that role, that's say, you know, not too high, not too low average of 90, say if he is like the sole point, like the guy for the back line, that's, yeah, I don't think we can look past him too much. But, is, uh, sorry, you go. Oh, sorry. Uh, is, McKen- is Connor McKenna playing? I'm just trying to have a look now. No, uh, he's injured. He's injured. There you go. Uh, I mean, I, I'd lo- I, wish, I wish he was playing. I'd like to see Coleman with McKenna playing as well. But, um, yeah, I, I still think either and then of the two, I'd probably McKenna for the run, but I'd probably want the ball in Coleman's hands a bit more. For sure. Yeah, by foot. That's just personal preference. I don't have anything else to back that up other than vibes. 
No, I, I, I trust uh, Coleman to, with the ball a lot more than McKenna, I think. Yeah, uh, and listeners, you'll probably have to have a look after the game. But I know they're going to be on the watch list, so I won't talk on them too much because there's current things could happen between now and the time this comes out that'll date it. But James Jordan currently playing looks okay. Um, Errol Goulden has been kind of up and down from what I've seen. First quarter, seven disposals. It's Errol Goulden. He'll probably come good by the end of it. Um, Josh Dunkley just having a regular one with Errol Goulden only seven disposals, but all kicks, and he's on fifty six super coach points. Yeah, so you love that. That sounds like that sounds like good stuff. So other play, there's other players in the Gold Coast GWS, but I don't want to harp on them too much. Jaden Hunt, Jaden Hunt is currently in my team. If he is given the keys to the West Coast back line. I'm a big. I was a big fan of Jaden Hunt when he played for Melbourne. I'm a big fan of him playing for West Coast because he's really quick, loves to kick the ball, and they need someone now that Hearn has left. So a very similar situation to Coleman, but with a higher price, 426k, cheaper than Yo, with less risk of injury, and, yeah, and I, similar yeah. upside. He, I certainly, I, I certainly thought he had a pretty good season. Last year, he was one yeah, of the only folks that stayed on the park. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, I, I think I think he has certain attributes that can help with West Coast. Uh, I thought West Coast last year um, were a bit slow. I think he can speed up the pace down there. I think he's a better player, easily a better player than Alex Witherden. So uh, I think, uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't mind that as a pod. I don't think I have the balls to do that, but. Uh, Clarky, uh, he's your man. Uh, good on you. He just passes the eye test, right? And that's and yeah. so I've said this before, listeners, and you're probably all very aware of this at this point. I'm not a hundred percent a guy who loves to look at the numbers and go, "Oh, the numbers indicate this." I don't have the brain for that. There are beautiful people in my life that do, and I rely on them heavily. But watching the practice game, like the match simulation, whatever you want to call it, Jaden Hunt looked very, very good in that in terms of what he was doing so community series plus whatever sort of happens between then and round one can really dictate whether or not he's actually worth a shot and he carries no less risk than i would say a nick martin at this stage with the information that we have or a carl Amon, who is yeah. actually another one that's probably on my watch list a lot of these mid-price guys are kind of the ones that i want to figure out because especially forward mid-prices because that's really where we're looking to fill that out. I don't think a lot of people are spending up on premiums in the forward line this year. I think we're all sitting in mid-price heaven and, oh, by God, do I do I want to start Nat 5? Absolutely. But is he going to be necessary to start? Probably for some people. So looking in that value range is what we really need to be doing, I think. And Jaden Hunt's second half to last season kind of, slid under the radar a little bit. And there were lots of people who wanted to trade him in towards the back end of last season. But because he had no pedigree of scoring well, people didn't go that way because they wanted someone who they knew could keep up the the scoring. But we've seen it go all the way to the end of last season and and then start again in the preseason. So the role is clearly there. The scoring potential is clearly there. It's just whether you have the medal to pick him or not. The thing about it as well, looking at the scores, had some stinkers. 
had some really good ones in there as well because and the, and this is the caveat on picking any West Coast player like Tim Kelly, yo, hell, if you want to be crazy and say that you've picked Tom Barras, like whoever it is, West Coast, with respect, are gonna suck. Like they they they're still building something, and we need to figure out what, what? it is. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've shocked our guests here, but like they're they're not gonna be consistently good, which means there are just going to be games where it doesn't work. And that's not through necessarily the fault of that specific player, but just because West Coast play Collingwood twice, I think, during the year. Like, <laughs> that's a death sentence. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think our West Coast in the past have actually done all right against Collingwood. Uh, like, I think, didn't West Coast beat them in 2022? Sure, but that was all, then and this is now. <laughs> all 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 I know is last season, Collingwood were expected to come over to Perth and pump them by two hundred points and only walked away with a forty point win or something. So like oh, so, 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 so so West Coast were able to hold their own for large parts of that game and I think the first quarter was only separated by a couple of by a couple of scoring shots. So it was only until later in the game that Collingwood actually broke away. So I do think that Collingwood and West Coast do match up well together uh, against each other, but um, who knows how that's going to look this season when they're up against each other twice. I believe it's Very twice. So. Don't, fa- don't fact check me on that list, because I don't know if it's right. I'm checking now. Hang <laughs> on. I'm doing it live. Keep going, Damo. I'll, I'll come back to you. Yeah, they. Uh, no, that's Carlton. No, they don't. Okay, it's only once. Forget it. Okay. West well, Coast play every other team though at least once. So. You'd hope so. Yeah, not not great, not great signs for West Coast that they're required <laughs> to compete. Clarky, you mentioned at the top of the show you were excited about Melbourne's performance against Carlton in their Community Series game. Do you want to take us through how Melbourne looked and performed in that game, and what we should be taking from it from a Super Coach point of view? I'm going to be honest. I forgot to look at guys from a super coach aspect because I was giddy just watching Melbourne not kick it high and long to a shitty contest that didn't make sense. That was like, who's going to be contesting that? We kicked it to guys who are making good leads who, you know what? It doesn't matter if you don't hit the goal, right? If you're giving them, you know, 30 scoring opportunities, sure, you can work on that, but getting the delivery. However, I've got three standouts, and I'm sure you guys know who exactly who they are if you watch the game. We'll start with the obvious one. Max Gorn. Holy cow. We forgot what it was like when he didn't have to ruck share with a competent ruck, like Luke Jackson or Brody Grundy. It, like, he was in everything. He was doing his defensive work. He was... Mo- running forward of the ball. He was running behind the ball. He was clunking marks. He was kicking goals from 60 metres out just for fun. Like, I I don't think there's a realm now where you can not start Max Gorn. 24 disposals, 30 hitouts, oh. two, two goals, and oh, 185 super coach points. Oh, that's my captain, baby. That's right there. <laughs> I'll just quickly go through some other scores as well. 
Tom Sparrow, 112. Did Christian well. Salem, 102. Jack Billings, 91. He was uh, going to be my next, my next uh, uh, point. Trent Rivers, 80. Caleb Wins at 77. Bailey Laurie, 58. Um, Blake Howes, 44. I think, look, we'll talk about them, the two most relevant. I think Jack Billings and Caleb Windsor off the back of that performance. Jack Billings is very well priced. I ha- I am not proud enough to to avoid apologizing for saying that I didn't think Billings was a good option because now that we've seen it, now that we've seen exactly what he's doing, he's kind of got a role that's moving in and out of the half forward, but he's kind of getting in everything and they're using him to help distribute as well as having the opportunity himself to put, put him through the sticks. That's just good for scoring. He's healthy. He's playing well in the system. He's slotted in like he's been playing for Melbourne for years happy with that i think if he's named round zero round one gets a green tick for me caleb windsor oh boy the future's bright the future is bright absolutely frothed it he was loving it the thing that stands out for me with caleb windsor is 77 supercoach points from 66 percent time on ground and only 11 disposals, which shows he uses the ball well, he sends it into the forward line, and he impacts the scoreboard. Mm, he wants it, baby. That's... Yeah, he, he looks so good. Um, uh, I'll talk about him a bit later in the in the next uh, in the uh, day, in the brand new uh, segment. But I thought, yeah, I thought he was sensational. I think Melbourne have uh, done really well picking him in the draft. It seems early days. Um, I think with uh, with Jack Billings, I saw enough signs there. I was pretty, I was pretty confident. He was in my side before the game, and I was just like, "Yeah, it, that's what I wanted to see. That sort of role looks good. I'm happy to put him in the forward line now. So uh, we'll see how he goes in round zero. But I'm pretty happy with that role that he's got. Um, yeah, I, I thought. I think Tom Sparrow. Uh, he's probably he's definitely not classic relevant but i think he's certainly a guy where i think he can take that next step just in general and uh get to that next yeah just get to that next level i really like the look of him i think uh, yeah. if um just on sparrow i think the key will be jack viney was kind of a bit not i won't say he was bad or anything but he was just kind of a bit in second gear and the same with like Petra- petrarca as well which i think yeah. impacted tom sparrow because sparrow's young still has a lot to prove and he's going to be in that side he's a good part of the midfield group i think you're right i think if you're looking at it from a draft perspective tom sparrow is great especially long term he has a really big future in that so i think that's probably what the score mostly came from him doing a lot of that work and he just played well i thought he played very very cleanly and just to quickly cover off on some carlton scores uh, Sam Doherty, 97, Patrick Cripps, 89, uh, Adam Chera, 69, Charlie Kerno, 66, uh, Fantasia, six, uh, 36. Is it Fantasia? Is it Fantasia? Fantasia, fan, Fantasia, it depends on I'm if not you correcting want to say it, like I'm BT just asking. <laughs> I, he's, I'm pretty sure it's Fantasia. I'm pretty sure I said it wrong. Um, 
But yeah, they clearly got monstered by Melbourne just by looking at the the, the scores in comparison. Um, so it was really about which players passed the eye test. But with their early buy in round two, I don't think a lot of people are looking to start too many Carlton players. And there was no Zach Williams in this game, but he did play the full VFL game before this game um, kicked off. Which is absolutely fantastic. He could probably get a look in early on. Yeah, I think I think it sounds like he's going to play. I know he played VFL, but I think... Um... I know there's a little bit of doubt for round zero, but I think uh, just him getting through a full game it should give owners some confidence. I know he's dropped a bit in ownership now. Probably also uh, partly due to Supercoach now adding the little injured symbols, and he's currently got that on him right now. Um, there wasn't too much else relevant. Um, I saw Fantasia take the, ball as, um, take the ball out of stoppage and lace it out to big Harry Mackay and... Uh, besides that, he didn't really do much else. Um, yeah, there's not really... T- Walsh, I don't think we can go down the Sam Walsh route just due to uh, that back injury flaring up once again. Um, obviously a very talented player, but I think picking players with back issues, I think, isn't exactly a nice thing uh, to watch and... Uh, not playing in both of the practice games, I think, is clear enough of a sign. Probably just more of a wait and see with Walsh and just see how he goes throughout the year. I'd probably say you mentioned Harry Mackay. One thing I did notice was he was doing a bit of ruck work. Um, I don't know whether that was by design because it was a community series or anything like that, but just something I think that's, you know, keep an eye on if that's going to be a regular thing. Plus, you know, if he's doing ruck work, that means he's getting a lot more of the ball. Plus, he's probably going to kick about three goals and eighteen behinds. Did, did he? Uh, did the Conning play? I don't. I've already forgotten. Yeah, I believe he did. Yeah. Okay, so that's interesting. He had the Conning had fifteen hitouts. Uh, Mackay only had three hitouts, but had eighteen disposals. Mackay. So, um, I don't know whether that's you know translating anywhere, but. It means that he's sort of getting around the ground a bit more, was what I probably noticed as well. And then the night before that, Collingwood took on Richmond as well in um, what's going to now be, or what they hope to be, a annual fixture for charity. So good on them for doing something for charity. Um, some key scores out of there from Collingwood. Uh, Lipinski top scored with 126 uh, Jordan Degoe, 111. Nick Dacos, 102. But Nick Dacos, 102 from 57 time on ground. So scored a ton in half a game, which is which. don't pick him at your own peril. Um, Darcy Moore, 90. Uh, Tom Mitchell, 74. Lockie Schultz, 58. Charlie Dean, 47. Finn McRae, 29 from 36% time on ground. Uh, and then on the Richmond side, Jaden Short, 120. Tim Taranto, 115. Thompson Dow, 96. Daniel Rioli, 69. Dusty Martin, 62. Josh Gibkiss, 62. And Seth Campbell, who's a rookie who's kind of popped up, scored only scored 20 from 77% time on ground as well. What? Did you either of you guys watch this? And can you tell me, Lipinski, what the hell? 
Yeah, I saw that. Um, yeah, and also I'm pretty sure in the last practice game as well against North Melbourne, he actually put in a good shift too. Um, the role doesn't exactly scream out to me as, a, as, as great. Just might be more one of those things where he's just playing well in preseason. But I guess a bloke to monitor against uh, the Giants on Saturday night and whether, whether this sort of stuff will continue, that's, more, uh, that's uh, something we can have a look at. Uh, so, yeah, Patrick Klopinski was – yeah, he, he was best on ground. He did a lot of good things right. And, uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, I, he did well enough to make Supercoach Podcasts talk about him. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Do you guys remember Sean Attlee at North Melbourne? Ah, uh, yes. Every preseason, I think he'd – there was two games, two official games back when he was playing and – Every preseason, he'd average about 150 points across both games and then come out in the season and average 60 or 70. So there's always these guys that go up a level in the preseason because they really want to prove that they can be a key cog for that team and that you shouldn't leave them out. But um, And I'm not saying that Lipinski is that because we haven't seen enough of him in Collingwood Colours yet, but I don't know if we can take this performance as um, as what will happen during the season. So there will be people that will be tricked into this performance, but luckily round zero is around the corner and people will, will be bailed out of a lot of um, interesting selections because of that round. Yeah, but at the same time, I think a lot of people can get lured into, what if Lipinski scores 115 again uh, against the Giants? Then we'll go, uh, then I reckon a lot of people go, oh, Hello, welcome to my F1 or F2 slot. But Defin- definitely goes both ways. Definitely it goes can both go ways. both ways. I th- like uh, I remember last year when a lot, um, a lot of people were interested in like Dane Rampey and Brennan Cox. Now that we get a full free look at half of the sides just about, I think there's going to be a lot of picks where uh, certainly uh, from our perspective, we'll go, okay, we'll, we'll need to have a good think about this. Uh, like what if Golden goes 140? Um, that sort of thing. But I think a lot of people will, uh, just some random player will go uh, 112 and go, oh, okay, he scored high, must be good, that sort of thing. I think, um, look, you can understand someone doing that. And to be honest, I've we've all probably fallen into it at some point as well. Yeah, we've because all done it. Once is a fluke, twice indicates a potential pattern, right? And you all want to get in on the ground floor. Uh, especially, in the, I think it'll be very funny because I think someone somewhere is going to trap us in the forward line because it's a year where the forward line is absolutely cooked and we will take any French fries that we can find, even if they've been under the seat for a while. It'll be someone we don't expect, like... Um... I can't tell you who, but it'll be someone that we don't expect that does really well. And oh, gee, gee, we're going to have to give this some thought here. How can I? How how can we talk about this game without me mentioning Sam Naismith? I didn't even mention that he scored eighty-seven points. Well, you mean and, Universal R three? And, and and Toby Nankervis is in doubt with a foot injury for the early part of the season. They're hoping that they can manage him to get to round zero, but. I think Sam Naismith at R3 is going to be a popular starting selection. And we've seen how lucrative those Ruckman, those rookie Ruckman can can be, especially if given the starting opportunity. So 
Sam Naismith. He's 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 found himself in my team after this performance at R three. Has he moved into either of your teams? Yes, he has for the time being. Um, just because I want, I need to have another look at Conway and Sweet. Um, I think regarding the ruck position, whether Nane Curvis is good to know and uh, good to go or not, I've heard some mixed messaging and reporting about whether he actually is playing or whatnot. Or um, I think I'll just pick whichever ruck that's cheap, that's actually playing first, and we go from there. Um, but no, if none of them are playing, uh, I think people have the discussion of Naismith or Livingston uh, from the Eagles because you could go, you could go Naismith because he is uh, right around the corner from playing, or you could go with that uh, Livingston, save yourself 20K, and he's your... Uh, very late loophole option as well. So just uh, quickly yeah. on Livingston with um, Matt Flynn out with a hamstring tendon injury, Livingston might find himself in the team sooner than later as well. If, oh, really? Yeah. If, 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 if they want to keep the same structure that they've been training all preseason. Yeah. Um, was, was he drafted last year? I haven't heard too much about the, the kid. He was drafted in the rookie draft and I think he's, a year older than draft age, so not mature age, but had one more year playing in a in in, in a system. So, um, I think uh, I think he's definitely an option, and he held his own quite well against uh, Fremantle as, as as well. So, if if he gets an opportunity because West Coast want to keep the structure that they've been training all preseason, then I think he's one to put on the watch list as well. Okay, that's interesting as well because I know Archer Reid as well is currently injured, who was a uh, was in the national draft as well for the Eagles. So uh, space has opened up for Livingston, so he might not be this dead one hundred two k bloke. That certainly, I think another bloke is uh, Finbar Marley. Yep. I can't see him getting anywhere near the first team, so I prefer Livingston over him. Um, yeah, Naismith is in. I'd like to see Sweet and Conway though. Um, just before making a decision in the end. I wholly endorse listeners of this podcast, if you love us, to pick official 2024 Our Boy of the Year, Odin Jones. <laughs> it doesn't matter if he plays or not. It gives your team power. <laughs> Clarky, should we debut our new segment? Yeah, let's do it. Why not? I've just debuted our official 2024 Our Boy of the Season, so... <laughs> it's time for Traffic Lights. Introducing Traffic Lights, a new segment this season. If you're a fan of the cheat sheet that has previously been produced for Jock Reynolds, you'll like this part of the show. We'll talk about some players and then give them a green, yellow, and red rating. Green indicates a good pick. Yellow is a watch or hold, and red is don't go there, cut all ties. To help you out, we'll also explain why for each player so you know our reasoning. How do you you guys want to do this? Do you want to go through each traffic light color or each traffic light each? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I reckon each color. Yeah, I think we should do it by color, uh, but also like to mention we weren't allowed to use the sheet sheet because Lechdog might sue us. I think, he, I think he technically owns the patent for the cheat sheet. No, I have spoken to <laughs> Lechdog and he has allowed us to use that 
term with his blessing. So I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I, right. I, I love that I was doing a bit and then you brought it back in with fact, remembering that we're all friends with Lechdog still. <laughs> yeah, those chalk sheets were, go- uh, were just so good. There are some people who think that none of us talk to each other anymore, but that it, but totally not true. I'm going to say this at the start of... <laughs> I'm say this at, at the birth of Traffic Lights. Don't message me if it's late. <laughs> Don't message us. We're doing it. We have jobs. I got dogs to feed. <laughs> All right. Should we start at the at red or green? I reckon, I reckon, well, I reckon get the bad news out of the way. We'll go the red or I reckon we go up to the green. All right. Stephen, with you making the decision, I'll let you go first. Who is your red light and why? Okay. Now, all my three players for this segment are from the two practice games I've been able to watch so I get a better feel of them. My red light is Dustin Martin, one of the best players I've ever watched since uh, getting myself involved into AFL footy in 2007. So it disappoints me to put uh, the great man Dusty on here. But I guess for my reasoning, it's uh, I think I saw a stat, 28% CBAs in a practice game. Maybe he wasn't going at full pelt, but uh, you'd like to see a bit of extra confidence uh, in my... Uh, I'd like to see a bit of confidence out of Dusty there, but I think he looked a step slow. Um, so I don't think the midfield minutes are going to be there. They're, they're going to go to other options and even looked like they preferred Shy Bolton uh, in that midfield. I think picking players, uh, picking certain blokes at a certain age like Dusty, where I think it would be a very big surprise to me if he, pl- if he managed to play all 23 games. Fair play if he does, fair play. But I just don't see that happening. I think he's still at his. Uh, I still think Richmond need to reserve him more, playing off half forward uh, now that they're uh, just to re- preserve him and uh, make sure that he gets through games. But yeah, I've given the red light to Dusty just because I need to see a bit more over the Pracky games. Maybe he's maybe he just didn't get out of second gear, but. Uh, he's a red light for me personally. I, I won't be going there, especially with the early buy too. Dustin Martin in preseason games, I don't think he's ever truly cared about them. So he he's always a bit blasé about them when, when he does actually get called up to play because there are some preseasons where he just doesn't have to play. So they let him just gear up for, for the season ahead. But Obviously, Adam Uze has decided to give him a run in these preseason games and, yeah, hasn't really impressed. Hasn't really impressed. Hasn't really um, put his best foot forward to convince anyone of picking him in Supercoach. Some will pick him anyway because preseason games might don't really mean anything for, for, for some players. But I can I can definitely un- understand the red light. Clarky, you? My red light comes from the, the Collingwood-Richmond game. Also, uh, it's it's Finlay McRae. He's still in 34% of teams. Just just don't. There was absolutely nothing to see from him in that game. Low time on ground. He might be an interchange. I reckon he's even a possible sub-risk. It, it just doesn't make sense to me when we're probably going to have the forward options to cover our bench. And if you're struggling and you're going to have to field rookies and bring in, you know, some from the heavens forward. You, you're probably going to have to think about restructuring how you're spending your cash. 
it's saying it by the sounds of it from Collingwood supporters, it's either Finn McRae or Pat Lipinski. And from the performance the other day, you'd think that Pat Lipinski has his nose ahead now. Who was it that made the um the Lipinski song that was going around Twitter the other week? That was to Rasputin because I sw- it's I think it was one of the AFL fantasy guys. <laughs> anyway, it they, might have even been uh, Dossie. Cal- yeah, was it, it Doss? It, 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 it might have been Doss because that <laughs> that has been stuck in my head for years now. Like ever since, ever since that came out, it's every time I hear Lipinski's name, my brain goes la la Lipinski. And I need to, I need to listen to that. It's after. it's bad. Like that's it's, bad. It's it's it's, it's sorry. It's, it's good. It's, it's, bad, it's bad, bad for my good. brain. It's, it's bad, bad for my good. brain. Yeah, Damo's got me right there. Um, my red light is a massive cop out. I'm. I, I promise. I'll. I'll think of someone more i think i promise i'll think of someone properly during the season once this gets a little bit more traction but my red is todd goldstein people heard sam draper injured brad scott loves todd goldstein even in even at the kangaroos he still averaged a pretty decent amount last season people are picking him because of the brad scott factor I'm just not there. And I know it's a pretty easy one to tell people not to pick, but um, yeah, I, I'm putting a rubber stamp on it. Don't pick him. That's a maroon red flag right there. That, yeah, that absolutely <laughs> a red flag here. Oh, I, red light, sorry. I can't believe you've started so weak on our first ever traffic lights day, mate. <laughs> Don't pick Todd Goldstein. Good advice. <laughs> I'll go straight to my yellow light, and then yeah. we'll go back in the opposite order. Or, opposite order, because yeah, because you'll hate me for 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 my yellow light as as, as well. Oh. Because I've just got defender rookies, <laughs> and and, <laughs> and honestly, it's it's because listen, guys. Over the last few years, we've been spoiled with rookies. We've had Dacos, we've had Sheasel, we've had all these players averaging. 80, 90, 100. And now we're getting Josh Gibkiss, 150K, and people are sad because he's only going to average 60 points. That's why are people sad that the rookie's only going to average 60 points? People are worried about fielding a rookie that's only going to score 60 points. And they're worried about Nick Caulfield only potentially averaging 60. Like, Old man Lechdog will regale me of stories of vintage Supercoach where a rookie averaging 40 was a good rookie score. We've been blessed with rookie scores over the last few years. We need to take rookies as they come and just appreciate a warm body making cash for us. Yeah, you know what, Damo? I agree. Appreciate what you get. You get what you get. Super coaches are too precious. That's exactly what you're saying, Damo. Snowflakes, a lot of them. <laughs> 40 trades and everything. Clarky, who's your yellow? <laughs> Perennial 30k finishes. <laughs> a lot of... <laughs> no, I, no, I love it, Damo, because it is actually the biggest yellow flag ever is just picking a rookie where you don't know, but you kind of have to hold or wait and see and just go with whatever happens. <laughs> Um, okay, my yellow, I had Kitty Coleman. Uh, and he's currently yellowing slash unyellowing himself right now. We'll find out if he becomes... 
that that yellow is becoming more intense, almost green, the more you watch this Brisbane Sydney Yeah, which game. is a weird transition to watch. <laughs> Although, hang yeah. on, sorry, update. Kitty Coleman, 13 disposals. 11 kicks, though. That's good. What's he on, though? Uh, great question. I'll go back to you. Please hold. He 45. is sitting at 45. There you go. That's solid. Yeah, that's acceptable. We'll see. Yep. Uh, I guess we'll get to my yellow light. Uh, sorry, Clarky, I'm going to go with uh, Melbourne's top draftee, Caleb Windsor. Coward. Just... <laughs> I, I, I'm, hey, hey, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> you, can, you, can, <laughs> you can do a Hawthorne uh, red, flat, uh, red light next week. Um, but look, I think with Windsor, I just need to – I've seen what I've needed to see with him. Uh, and it's he looks really good. I'm not denying him as an AFL player. Just uh, just from a super coach perspective, it's still a first year player on the wing, and I need to see how he scores against Sydney before I pick him, because I think it's still a little bit of a elevated price in his first season. Uh, look looked really good, but I think I just need to see a watch with him against the Swans, first game of the season. I think if he goes uh I think if he goes sixty plus I'll uh yeah, I'll I'll cave him and, and uh pick him. But yeah, I just I just need to see just need to see that and watch that score um against the Swans. No, I make see I make fun, but what you said is hundred percent correct. The yeah the thing is is that he's still a half forward rookie. The the thing that is positive about him or that is that makes me giddy about him is how much he wants the ball but yeah. it's the same thing with Cozzy Pickett right Cozzy Pickett absolutely wants the ball and he absolutely wants to snap goals and he absolutely yeah. wants to do massive tackles but it doesn't make him good at super coach yeah so, we can't have everything in life sometimes yeah we obviously want the ball or want these things but it doesn't exactly result to uh, what we truly want. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I, de- I definitely agree. Wait and see and see what comes of the round zero match. But yeah. Yeah. Like Damon said about the defender rookies, you could probably say about the forward rookies, right? We have to just get what yeah. we get. Yeah, exactly. And, and, uh, and uh, adapt with it. Steven, you can kick off the greens. I don't think any of our greens need too much explanation. So Steven, what's your green? Uh, my green is Nicholas Dacos. Um, I, I, think... I, I hear he's pretty good. He's alright. Yeah, yeah, he still needs to prove himself. But um, look, um, yeah, needs a big twenty twenty four. Nah, yeah, uh, he's just he's just uh, one of my favourite players to watch in the competition. He cops a lot of stick just because of how good he's going. Um, everyone talks about his cont- uh, takes a piss out of his contested game. Uh, for crying out loud, he's a 20-year-old kid. Um, so, look, uh, not everything's going to be sorted in his game. But, yeah, why Nick Dacos is a green flag, I think, like, he, he didn't even care on Tuesday night and and still played three quarters of footy and scored a ton. Just, and I know people's worried about the buy, uh, the early buy and the early tags. We can't predict these these things obviously they're like okay that's something to monitor but what what's the plan so if Finn McGuinness plays on him in round four all right he scores a he scores a 45 okay cool then he's got the bye 
Okay. What are you going to do then? What are you going to wait for his price to drop? You're going to wait for his price to drop and pick him up in round 10. He might've gone nuts in between one of those games where he's expected to lose more money. It's just more, uh, avoid the stress, avoid, you know, what could happen, blah, blah, blah. And just, uh, I, I just highly recommend picking this bloke. I believe he's 64% uh, ownership last time I checked. Um, I do expect that to go up to uh, 70-ish. So I think just avoid the headache, grab day costs and uh, enjoy the ride. Because uh, I think another thing uh, uh, I forgot to mention as well is he's not an easy player to tag. Like people go, all right, um, we go, there could be a tag here, tag here, tag here. We saw in round two against Port Adelaide last year and they tried to put Lockie Jones on Nick Dacos. And you have to be an extremely talented tagger to get somewhat of an awful game out of Nick Dacos. It takes a Finn McGuinness type or a Ryan Clark type. Ryan Clark's not even in the comp anymore. So it takes a really good tagger and there's not many really good taggers in the comp. Uh, he's still going to take kick-ins playing inside midfield where he scores better in. I think just pick the bloke. Enjoy the ride. Now, I will ask you a qualifier because, once again, I don't disagree. But if people are stressing their budget between Nick Dacos or Marcus Bontempelli, who would you be encouraging people to pick? Uh, Nick Dacos, because I reckon that's roughly what... He, that's roughly... Uh, you can make an even make an argument that 650k is value for... Nick Dacos, where Bond, that's the peak of okay. what he can get to okay. as a player, where uh, Nick Dacos, I think he has every chance to get uh, to 700k at some point this year. You heard it here Personally? first. Dacos, yeah. new, new prince of Supercoach. Yeah, I think, he, yeah, I th- he'll be the new prince for the next 10 years in my yeah. book. As we know, Daniel Rich King. Yeah, Daniel, yeah. Yeah, Daniel yeah, Rich Daniel King. Rich first. Nick, yeah, Nick Dacos, <laughs> prince. <laughs> Clarky, who's your green light? Max Gorn. Max yeah. Max Gorn, big boy, 85% time on ground, pretty much negligible ruck share with Shaki, who shouldn't even be there. If anybody, I reckon it should be Van Rien because he's got a better body structure. For, anyway, um, yeah, doing it all. He's doing that same thing that made him good at Supercoach last year. He is not just a ruckman anymore. He goes behind the ball, takes marks, gets kicks. Goes forward to the ball, takes marks, kicks goals. He's he's doing everything, and he's got the tank for it. Unless he is in, gets injured, which may happen at some point. But even then, last year, his injury came purely from a Melbourne player falling into his knee, which is what almost did Max's ACL. That's why he was gone. It wasn't like he was running and tweaked it. It was a forceful collision that has been managed and he came back and played really well for the rest of the year there is absolutely no reason why you shouldn't spend the money if anything i would say he is better value than tim english if this is the role that he's got that's the one if we say 180 in a night where and i want to give full credit to carlton i think carlton were just trying to figure stuff out and i don't think necessarily they were going as hard as they possibly could because i know I liked it more seeing it against even like a Carlton in third gear because, you know, they're still a really, really quality side. So, yeah, uh, there's, uh, there's no reason. There's no reason not to, right? I'm not crazy here. I'm not. I'm not. I swear. 
Yeah. Pick Max Gorn. Yeah. No, you're not at all. Max Gorn, good. If you don't get him, he going to get you. Yeah, good luck anti-potting him. Yeah. My green light is Caleb Sarong. Just because I feel like his lack of versatility probably puts him in the most reliable position for the Dockers to be that main midfielder that goes up to the next level. I think Brayshaw can bounce back. I think Nat Fife could have some kind of resurgence. I think the midfield role is there for Hayden Young, but all three of those those guys have the scope to be moved elsewhere if, if needed, whereas I think Caleb Sarong will always be a midfielder, will always be at the stoppage, will always be at the centre bounce, will have high CBA numbers, and that will be how he gets the main bulk of his scoring. And so I think at his price, at 621K, he's he's one of the better 600K players to pick. I don't see Absolutely. anything wrong with what you said, except for the fact that I currently own Brayshaw, not so wrong. <laughs> So that was traffic lights. Let us know if you liked the setup, how you change it, if you wanted it changed at all, if you wanted us to go through each of our traffic lights separately or however you thought about it. But that's traffic lights. We will continue to evolve it and continue it and continue to make it better as the season progresses. Um, Now we are the footy mailbag. So we do have a couple of listener questions um, to answer. The first one is from Con via our Google form, which links are on our socials if you want to submit your question to the Google form. Is Alex Sexton going to be this year's Charlie Constable? No. Last I checked, he was on 76 Supercoach points from about 46% time on ground. I'd be very surprised if he's this year's Charlie Constable. Damien Hardwick doesn't usually abandon players after one or two games. Yeah. Um, I sort of had that thought to myself last week where I go, are we doing this again? Is this another constable? But just looking more at his game and uh, certainly a lot cleaner with the ball. Uh, Sexton, uh, much better. uh, And Sexton's actually AFL standard as well. So that's a good start as well. So, um, yeah, I think Alex Sexton, uh, yeah, I think he'll stay in the side. Um, is Will Powell, uh, I know Will Powell broke his leg again against Adelaide. Is is he on track to come back early? He's playing, He's playing like, in tonight's game, yep. Yeah. How is he playing from a broken leg? Oh, I didn't even notice that. Like, I've been doing drafts um, because and not picking him because I thought he still had a broken leg, but um, my apologies, I, I didn't see that, but... Okay, so so Sexton is playing with Powell, uh, so that's a, an even better sign. Um, so, yeah, I don't think they're going to be the same. And this next question, uh, there is no name for it. Who is our current M5? Oh, God. Hang on, let me count one. Jack, um, no. Nick Martin. Nick Martin. Jack Steele is number four, sorry. Which says a lot about my team. (laughs) I think I've got Matt Crouch at the minute. Oh. My my M5 at the moment is Jack Steele. Yeah, 
couple of you got Jack Steele. Yeah, I'm seeing a little bit of a little bit of positive positivity out of Jack Steele. And um, tell you what, I'm certainly warming to the pick. Might have to make a couple of adjustments to uh, get uh, the Saints captain in. Talk me through Matt Crouch. I just think he's a. Um, I just think he's a good placeholder. Um, we saw uh, some better scoring out of him once he came into the midfield, and uh, probably on more of a positive note, he Adelaide managed to stay on that trajectory of being a top eight team while he was in the midfield. So it wasn't like one of those things where they were playing bad with Crouch in the team; they were still maintaining a good standard of footy. Um, he had some really good scores. Doesn't have the early buy. It was just someone else just putting in there. I, he's, I reckon I've locked in about nine or ten of my premiums in in the team. Him and someone else, I don't think are locked in. So that could certainly change, like a Steel or um, I don't know, Tuke Miller or Carl Amon. Um, but what, just in there for the time being. But I don't mind Matt Crouch. I think he's a good placeholder, and then you can flip him at his buy. Love that. All right. Well, almost time to wrap this up. Um, In partnership with Supercoach Hub and Lifeline, there is a charity league being run this season. There is a $50 entry fee with $25 going to Lifeline and the rest into the prize pool. We will provide all the links on our socials. Uh, Great initiative for a great cause. In case you didn't know, Lifeline is a 24-7 crisis support working towards an Australia free of suicide. Call 13 11 14 or text 0477 13 11 14 or chat on lifeline.org.au if you need their services. Thank you for joining us, Stephen. Where can people find you? Thank you guys so much for having me on. I had a great time, so I really appreciate you guys letting me on. Uh, you can find me on YouTube, SDS Supercoach. Uh, I know the goal at the start of the preseason was to get to 1,000 subs. I think we'll, we'll miss out, but I uh, really appreciate all the support that people have given me on there. So we're on 755, so you can find me. That's my main sort of uh, uh, talking point there With uh, when it comes to me. I've also got Twitter, Stephen D.W. Smith, uh, did TikTok over the off season, so SDS underscore Supercoach there. If you want to check out my TikTok, um, and uh, yeah, like they're my main three calling cards. So make sure you check them out, and uh, yeah, check out these boys as well because uh, uh, they're recently doing YouTube now. Well, not recently, but uh, they're doing YouTube. So and content on there. So make sure you subscribe to them too. Absolutely. And Clarky, you are the pink to my Floyd. Shine on, you crazy diamond. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about that, but thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Listeners, this is the part of the show where I get to tell you. Take your little device, the little little computer out of your pocket, or if you're on a desktop, go to your podcast platform of choice. Leave us a rating or review. We love it. It helps us a lot with engagement, helps us drive more listeners. Absolutely. And we also really, really strongly suggest that you do it for any of our guests. We're all content creators because we love it, not because we get paid. And by Lord, do we not get paid for this? So the more ears that it gets into, the more it makes us feel really validated for what we do. And we collaborate with so many great people across 
the super coach community that we want them to have just as much exposure and we want them to get into just as many people's brains as possible because diversity is the spice of life so leave us a rating leave us a review and it really really helps us out a lot and we love you and go and check out Clarkie's podcast, The Falcon, where they talk about footy. They're talking to fans of all of the 18 clubs. They've gone through pretty much all of them. They've just released the St. Kilda episode. So go and give them a rating as well and listen to all the episodes they have released so far. Oh, thanks, Namo. We had you on the Frio one and we made a Raptor. And I'm not going to contextualize any more of that. But we also are talking Sydney, I believe, will be the next one we're releasing, where we talk to Deeves from the True Bloods. Uh, which is True Bloods podcast, which is a Sydney podcast, which is also very good. Go listen to them and support them. Support lots of footy content creators. We're all, most of us are good people. Clarky, creator, you say just subscribe. Yeah, do it. <laughs> and Clarky, there's still time to join the Mailbag League for your chance to win a Mailbag tee for yes. best team name. And the highest ranking team at the end of the season will win a $50 AFL store voucher. Code for the league is 422899. Again, code for the league is 422899. And if you have a league of your own and you want to give the winner something to brag about, you can head to supercoachchampion.com to get your league champion their very own Super Bowl-style ring. We might even have one for the winner of our league. We might, and it might or might not be... might just definitely might be very very beautiful like my god listeners join our league knock me down a peg because if not i'm going to take this ring for myself and i'm going to wear those it coast rings are amazing they're mate. so good yeah i rate them quick plug of my own check out the footy with broden kelly this saturday where yeah, i baby. sit down with Tom and Broden to chat all things Supercoach. That'll be up on their oh, our boy. YouTube channel and wow. also on podcast feed. You have been listening to the footy mailbag. I hope you haven't missed a thing from us this preseason. All the relevant links will be in the description of this episode. Hey, mate, just sorry, just blasting past your fantastic guest appearance with one Broden, Cam- Kelly and Tom. That's, that's amazing. We love those guys. Official friends of the show. <laughs> I, wow, I, I I haven't even seen the edit. They said there were there were things that I hope that they edited out because I made a bit of a fool of myself. But whatever they release, they obviously thought it was good for the show, so I'll trust them. But there were a few moments where I kind of had to stop what I was saying and re and readdress the question. But you know, I whatever they release, they release. Um, yeah. It- Hey, they're they're a great show. They're great vibes. It's super inclusive. I love all three of the hosts of that show. And having you on there just adds another fourth diamond. Damo. Love it. Love it. Next week, we'll be live on Twitch in lieu of an episode talking the Sydney-Melbourne game and reacting live to the Brisbane versus Carlton game in round zero. We'll talk next time.